On this contemplation today, a question has come forward. Is it a good idea to share about your inner child work with your parents? In our particular context, this inner child work has been happening in what we deem as the adult era. A good amount of years from our 30s and 40s have been dedicated to healing practice and one of those modalities is what they call inner child work, inner child healing. And why this is dropping in is because on this walk, we got the intuitive hit, as they say, received a message to give dad a call. I haven't talked to dad in a little bit and he knows that we've been going through some things and that it would be good to connect with him. So the phone came out to dial dad and we began to project a conversation in our own mind. Being like, okay, well, dad's going to answer and we're going to start talking about stuff and he's going to have a question. How are you? What have you been up to? And that's where the contemplation dropped in because in the practice of living the most authentic life possible, we really believe in trying to provide authentic answers especially to a question if someone is asking, how are you? We've come up with these boilerplate answers. I'm fine. Good. Quick and convenient. So is the American way. But to enter into an existence where that answer would be authentic. And if that were the case in today's phone call with dad, The answer to his question, how are you or what have you been up to, would say, well, dad, this morning we went into a deep ritual practice and was invited into some inner child work. And in that inner child work, we went back to a traumatic time in our childhood and the catalyst of that traumatic moment was involving the parent in action, words, emotions. Those actions, words, or emotions that were coming from the parent were being projected onto the child. And in that moment, deep emotional wounding occurred. And so this inner child practice, this meditation that we were guided into allowed us to go back into that moment, use the power of our third eye and our imagination to transport back into that time and be present now with that little one, that little one version of this incarnation, all the versions And in particular, this version, we'll call it V1, V1 Eden, 
was a little one who felt so much, so much of the energy of this world, could feel it in their body. And this little one is such an open channel. They could talk to the flowers, could hear the whispers and the language of nature and felt their presence and felt the unification with that presence, that oneness. And when our energetic channel is open and allows expression to come through, it allows energy to experience this world in so many unique ways. In our expression and our unique ways were demonstrated in what we now call something like fluid. And now what we call non-binary. But really as a little one, what it felt like is we had no bounds. The expression coming through sometimes wanted to run and jump and kick and climb and flex and growl and be wild, want to learn new things, want to use our body to do interesting and fun activities, learn new skills. And this little one liked to dig in the dirt with her grandfather in the garden. And this little one liked to hold the tools and the hammers, liked to create things with their hands. This little one felt strong and bold. And so most of this little one's life, another label was provided, tomboy. And that became a very legitimate reason to describe a child that wasn't quite fitting in their assignment because this one was incarnated into a womb body, a body that has a womb. That is all. It's just the vehicle, if you will, a sacred friend that allows us to do all of those things, the running and the jumping and the being bold and the creating with our hands and to be able to touch nature and feel the energy connect and understanding that in this incarnation, in this specific journey, part of that was being born into this body into a time and place where when that happened, we were instantly thrust into an assignment of what this life should be, a belief system of assignments that can only be held in place by the parents, the caretakers of that being that instantly enters the world and is here to learn about itself and its expression. And that takes some time as awareness begins to grow, as senses begin to grow, as the body begins to grow. And it begins to know of itself, not just what the mind is told. And as this tomboy little one, we begin to experience our body and feel it and feel how amazing it feels. Feel the love energy around all the time. 
being expressed in all sorts of different forms. Just beginning to feel that and experience that. And when that was revealed to our parents, that it wasn't just about feeling that feeling for only one kind of body, for only one kind of thing. And that because the assignment was a girl, the other assignment was a boy. Because their assignment was a girl, the assignment to be here was to love men. And that is the key to so much in life. Survival, happiness, pleasure. But as a little one, we tried to say that's not how it feels. That's not what this feels like. Well, you know, that's considered talking back. That's considered defying your parents. That's considered disobedience to your parents' beliefs and wishes, desires, understandings, brainwashings. And at that time, our parents were indoctrinated by religious beliefs that said anything outside of this binary is evil, a sin, unforgivable, an illness, a mental illness, a disease, something that must be eradicated. And so our parents simply complied because it was connected to their belief system. And it was connected to a fear that if they did not, then their sweet little daughter would be a sinner and burn in hell. They were terrified for our soul. They also knew that it was not something that they would be able to accept and still be members of their community. They felt that the rejection of their child would be a rejection of them as well. And they were probably right. And so in some form, there was going to be a rejection, either rejection of community or rejection of the child. Abandonment. There would be abandonment because of who we really are. So use fear as a tactic to create an alternative identity, one that would be accepted, one that would be understood, one that would be within a binary that holds up suppressive constructs, would keep this body birthing more humans because more humans is also what is needed to hold up this construct. That seems like a pretty long answer to give dad to his question, what you been up to? But it is the truth. Dad, it's the truth. Now the question, is it a good idea for the parent in consideration of the parent's feelings and emotions and experience that we would share such an in-depth truth to that question? Our answer in this moment really is, it has to have context. Try to have the delivery from a place of love and compassion. But that there could also be an invitation of accountability. An invitation 
to anyone, no matter what age, to take an examination around any belief systems that may be present that reject the existence and the humanity of another and that perhaps offering this truth to our dad would still give him the opportunity to make a different choice a choice around his own family his own child though now grown an opportunity for us to see children as people and sovereign beings not things that we control and manipulate with aggression and fear and abuse honestly it feels kind of like a lot to unpack with dad but obviously it's important to receive this message because it's coming through and that the invitation for this healing conversation will reveal itself in the exact divine timing and place. Thank you so much for being in this contemplation with us. This is Deep Dose. We are Eden.